Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to tonight's episode, but before we get started, we just want to let you know, we're tired of the lag too, when we listen to these episodes, especially you, Zach. But, good news is, next week, we are doing our NFL Draft Special. Friday morning, we're, we will be releasing our first ever in-person episode of us watching the first round of the NFL Draft, Thursday night, and yeah, that's cool. that. Cool. Original. You're going to get to see just how fat and unathletic we really are. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, anyway, enjoy tonight's episode, everyone. Good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you're listening to this. You're listening to Fat Unathletic Nerds Talking Sports, the sports pod with dad bods. This is Lonnie alongside Man Darley and Zach Daniels. Boys, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic today. How are you, Jack? It's it's pretty good. It's pretty. Oh, you said Jack. My bad. Man, whatever. I'm doing well. How about yourself, Zach? I'm I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Jack? Yeah, I'm doing good. The Rangers did pretty well the past weekend. I mean, at the time of this recording, they're trailing at intermission, but whatever. Still, still pretty good weekend. And uh, yeah, Walters, Brick Walters will hopefully be joining us in about 20 minutes or so. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Slacking. Speaking of the Rangers, Dan, I got to say, if they're going to stay in the playoff hunt, they needed to win those four games against the Devils. End of story. And they did just that. You know what, though? It was a great four days. Um, Igor Shesterkin, back-to-back shutouts against the opponent. I think it's the first time since in a very long time the Rangers goalie has done that in back-to-back games against the same opponent. Um, you know, we saw Mika Spanjad and Pavel Butsnevich on their birthdays perform well. Butsnevich with a hat trick on Saturday and Spanjad scoring the game-winning goal in, uh, with the dying minutes in regulation on Sunday. Um, we saw Vitaly Kratsov even score his first NHL goal after it was denied initially in the second game. He got it back on Sunday at the Prudential Center. So it was uh, a very good weekend. But, you know, I do have to say, though, despite this win, I do have some concerns about the New York Rangers and how they played the series, especially the last two games. I guess you could say that considering, you know, they did let the Devils back in the last two games. But at the same time, you know, the window's not open yet, and they're still in the playoff hunt. And uh, I'm hoping they can bounce back tonight against the Islanders. But, you know, this is a game that that's asking a lot of them. You know, well, you know what, though, Islanders are a good team. Last two games, the weekend series, they remind me of the Rangers of the old. I mean, pretty much the last two games actually in full remind me of the Rangers in the old in every aspect. One, um, you know, since as long as I've been a Ranger fan since the 2003-2004 season, I met, all, all I see the Rangers do is pass, pass, pass the puck. In the beginning, you know, they got lucky. You know, a couple of good passes, a couple of nice shots on goal, a couple of good plays generated. But eventually the opponents figure it out because that's all the Rangers do. And I think that's all they've been doing. In the last 10, 20 years. Yeah, their issue is they pass too much. Sometimes they need to just be selfish and just take the shot. Exactly. But, and that's the problem. Like, I remember seeing some plays. Like, I remember one play in Sunday's game. Lexus Lafreniere had a great shot on net. Just shoot the puck button. Say tries to make the pass. The Devils break it up. They advance it towards uh, the opposite of the ice. And another thing that um, kind of worries me is that, you know, yes, you know, they got lucky. Um, they did blow. A 4-0 lead, made a 4-3. They bounced back and laid up three straight goals. And then on Sunday's game, you know, they were up 3-0 and lost 3-3. And this reminded me a lot of the 2006-2007 New York Rangers. This was a team 
that was notorious for having two nothing early two nothing leads and blowing it and losing three two four two five two. They just can't secure a lead. I remember that year. I think there was a point where if you took all those games, they would have been the President's Trophy winners that year. Of how many times they blown two nothing leads? All they had to do was secure a lead, and that's the part with the Rangers going forward. This is a team that has to learn that when you're up three nothing, you keep it up three nothing. And they have a couple of things get get uh, yeah, I can't speak right today. <laughs> you see, that's how crazy they're getting me. Like I should be enjoying a four games for New Jersey Devils, but I'm not because of how they played the last two games. When you're up four nothing, you keep it four nothing and you extend it. When you're up three nothing with minutes to go, you keep it going and you extend the lead. I mean, look at what's coming up tonight. We're playing the Islanders. They're playing two more times this year. They're going to be playing the Flyers, who are five points back behind the Rangers, and anything can happen right now with how close it is. Five points, you know, in hockey is it's like two and a half games in normal sports terms because NHL, everything's by points, not win-loss. You got a couple games against Capitals, a couple games against the Sabres, but won three of five. I know it's shocking to say the Sabres winning, you know, 60% of the games in the last five contests they played in. They're, you know, they made some big trades to, to – you know, further whatever it is, rebuild, mess up, screw ups. I don't know what it is, but they got a new coaching. It seems to me like they're a new culture, so they can play spoilers. And then you got the last two games against the Bruins, who they're trailing right now by a couple points in standings. So if they cannot maintain these leads, then they're, they're going to be they're going to be screwed come playoff time. Because if the point is, when you have the lead, you want to maintain the lead. Don't give this team incentive to come back. Well, I'm not. I'm not gonna panic like you are right now, because the thing is that 06 and 07 team, that was, if I'm not mistaken, their window was wide open, or at the very least, that was like the prime of their contention. That this team is still learning, they're still growing, and let's take a look. I'm gonna looking at NHL.com right now. This team, the Rangers, allowed the eighth fewest goals in the league, and you know they. Now I'm waiting for the screen to load, and they scored the fourth most goals in the league. So, yeah, if they miss the playoffs, they're victims of circumstance, really, just the way that this year is and how, like, you know, division exactly. play. But, but if they're going to miss the playoffs, I want a hard-fought dying effort. I and you're, like and, of course, and you are getting that up from them. You are getting that from them. What the, de- the series showed the devil is that there are weaknesses in their game. They pass the puck too much. The team, the team is, the teams are, their opponents are figuring out. You know, the same opponent. They, they, this is something they've been doing the last 10, 20 years. They're going to eventually figure it out, and they're going to adjust their defense accordingly when the Rangers go in the attacking zone. And then another thing is that the Rangers, you have, you know, up three nothing early in the game. It shows that they're going to get sloppy. They're going to, they're going to rest. They're going to pull back, and they're going to play a more conservative approach to the game. And that's what allows teams to come back. They allow the New Jersey Devils, a team that recently traded Kyle Palmieri, Travis Zajac. A team that has PK Subban in the lineup, who is the PK Subban that many people don't don't recognize anymore. What what happened to this guy? He was one of the best defensemen, but then he leaves Montreal and he doesn't become the player that we thought he was going to continue to be. I mean, you you have young goaltending, you have the youngest team in the NHL, you have a team that is the worst in the penalty kill, and yet you allow them to come back in back to back games. Now, granted, you play in four straight games in a row. Eventually, things will figure out. But now you're playing the big boys. Now you're playing the teams that are going to make or break it. And this is something they need to work on. They need to learn how to take the shots, and they need to learn how to secure the leads. And that's why I should be happy about this four-game set, this four-game sweep, but I'm not. If they cannot maintain these leads... I mean, still, I'm still happy about it. Hey, Dan. You know, the team brings it back, and the Rangers end up winning the game. But then now it's the playoffs. You're going to have that same mentality. Once you get out of the division, boom, you're done. 
But hey, but hey, Dan, I got to say this. I got to say this. Jack is way more positive about this. Where in six, seven, eighth place, like when we get in the year where, you know, after the first game of the season when they got shut out at home to the New York Islanders, I thought, okay, this is going to be a year where they're just going to rebuild. You know, they're going to use COVID. They still you know, are. The window's not open yet. The window's not open yet. This is the year, if anything, at, at best, at best this year, if they could somehow squeeze into the playoffs. And you know what? Get your Go to the playoffs. Get your ass kicked. It's okay. Because, you know what? You're so young. The wind, this team... Uh, still has some a lot of guys coming through their farm system, like Nils Lundqvist, like Braden Schneider, like Morgan Barron, just to name a few. But yeah, if this team was was in you know in their prime, window wide open, I'd be as concerned as you are. But we're in about like year two or three of the rebuild. Of, like yeah, we're still kind of in the early stages of the rebuild. And you know what? They're kids. They're gonna make their mistakes. Let them suck now. So they don't oh, suck later. Jack, Jack. Wait, Jack, Jack. Dan, I gotta say, uh, it's good to sound. It's good to hear Jack sound a little bit optimistic. Uh, it's kind of funny hearing you be the one. Like after Jack, Jack's rant on the Jets on the first episode. I mean, you know, or second episode it was. It's like, so clearly the I think the Rangers will have a dude. Just make it to the playoffs. Tell me, tell me then. As someone who's not, as someone who's not, you know, watching hockey as avid as you guys, it sounds like. You know, from the Flyers' perspective, and what Steve's told me, and what I've heard from just sources, just the Flyers are kind of going down, but the Rangers sound like they're going up. From what I'm hearing from people, so it's like if you guys can get to the playoffs, you got to be in it to win it. It's the way yeah, I exactly. look at it. They're, they're probably, yeah, they're probably not going to make the playoffs this year, unfortunately, because of the way this year's set up. Yeah, but you know, that's not indic- indicative of them. That's just you know, they're victims of yeah, circumstances. Yeah. This lead, their conference, their division has sit. Five, six good teams if you include them, and only four of them are going to the playoffs. So, oh, that, yeah, yeah. See, when there's too many good teams, and it's like, uh, well, then it's like, it's like none of them are. Are they all like pretty equal? Would you say everyone's rather equal? Maybe I, a I little a notch above the other. Because, um, I'd say so. Yeah. Hey, here's a here's a good question, real quick. Who do you think is going to be in the playoffs in that conference? Boston. Uh, the, uh, um, I don't know. The Islanders, the Capitals, the Penguins. And right now it's a toss-up between the Rangers and Bruins, but ultimately I think the Bruins have two games in hand. They're up two nothing right now in the Sabers, and you know they're just a more experienced team. But as much as I'd love to see the Rangers, I think I'd still have to go with the Bruins. Yeah, I agree too, and I really do think. Like looking at the remainder of the schedule, like I said, three games against the Islanders, two against the Flyers, Cavs, Sabers, and Bruins to close out the year. Eleven games left. I think optimistically they can win seven eleven, but realistically. They're gonna win five of eleven, because right. a lot of games I think will go. A lot, a couple of these games will go into overtime. Because I'm thinking realistic, but the problem is the reason why I get so mad and so upset with the Rangers right now, especially with the way they play, is because you know, it has been it has been repeated formula. It's a, it's a new roster, new coaching staff, but it seems to be the same formula. When you're on the breakaway, pass the puck. When you're up two nothing early in the first period, take it easy and let the other team score on you. Let the other team make a comeback. And that's something that has been bugging me. And you're like, it's like you know, it's it's. Different I feel like this is the first time that's happened all year. That's happened. That happens to teams at least once. That's that's the thing that bothers me about this team so much, and that's what I'm seeing right now. You on the you won four good games against a, a, one of your biggest rivals, and it's a wonderful thing. But the last two games, you raised more question marks than answers. And if you think when you play teams like the Islanders and the Bruins and the Capitals. When you're gonna, if you're gonna sl- pass, keep passing the puck willy nilly, and you're going to 
take it easy when you're up when you're up big early in the game, it, it's not going to pan out. And this is like, yes, it's a learning experience. Yes, they're part of a rebuild. And yes, it's crazy now because there now is a chance because game of the year, they couldn't do anything. Now they're showing that, hey, they can make the playoffs and they can do something. They can be a sleeper. Who knows? Maybe they'll make it and play the Islanders in the first round, get a run for their money. That's great. But at the same time, they need to learn right now that this is the same formula that the Rams have been doing for the longest time. To stop it now, I'm tired of I'm tired of the Rams going up two nothing in the first <laughs> period and saying they're gonna lose, or I'm tired of oh we're on a breakaway shoot the puck oh he passed it oh it's broken up by the defenseman it's going the other way oh look at the well from what I've learned from this well, what I've learned from this is it sounds like it would be a good season if the Rangers just even make the playoffs so Listen, no matter what happens yeah. this is a good season for them and let's yeah oh really kids. no matter good. Okay, one more thought before we get into the coin toss, Dan. I gotta say respect to I gotta put sorry, I gotta put a lot of respect to the opponent, the Devils, because this is something I wish the Rangers had done when James Dolan took over his team. The Devils are an organization that knows how to build a team from within. They have limited resources, they don't make the right trades, and that's why they had this dynasty they had in the late nineties and early two thousands. And it even continue on too. Even like, you know, they went to the cup that lost in twenty twelve. But even still, around that time before Bordeaux left, they were still a competitive team on the ice without trap defense. Yeah. The Rangers, on the other hand, you know, the Rangers are just learning what the Devils have been doing for the longest time. The Rangers, all they did was just buy, buy, buy mercenaries and get these expensive acquisitions, spend top dollar, and then find out that these guys can't even play together or way past their prime. You know, a $100 ticket and the nosebleeds to see them lose 4-2 on a Tuesday night game. You know, that's a game they should have won 3 nothing. It, it, it's terrible. But you know what, though? Like, that's something I respect to the Devils. I look at guys. I look at guys like Mikhail uh, Matzev and Igor Sharagovich. I had to write down, so I want to make sure I pronounce their names correctly. They impressed me the last two games. These are good prospects. I think they're going to help Nico Dushier, help Jack Hughes, Mackenzie Blackwood and company lead the Devils to future success. Because I, and I'm confident. I look at the Devils team and I say, you know, they're struggling now, but they're going to build a good team. They know how to do it from within. It's something that the organization's known for. They're going to build, and they're going to build a great team. They're going to build. They're going to build a. They're going to build a competitor, not maybe a contender, but a competitor for years to come. The Rangers are just learning this now, and I hope it sticks. But it's better late than never. They need to yep. stop. Their, they need to stop their old ways by passing the puck all the time and blowing two nothing leads. All right. Well, before we get into the coin toss, I just got to say this, Dan. The Ranger, the kids, they gotta learn to fi- they gotta learn to fail now, so they don't fail later. So that's why I'm. I'm, and I'm and you know what though, I don't want to have bad. this argument again in another couple of years. Okay, so <laughs> anyway, look- in our Hollywood mansions as the great funts that we are <laughs> watching the game. Like, come on, we we I I, I ran to. I'd have to get out of New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey, over and over again for for blabbering about this and you still make the same mistakes come on i do not want to see that so let me get okay. mad now so they can shut me up later instead of me getting mad now and keep me mad for years to come all right so let's get into our first topic of the coin toss Woo! yankees still a playoff team yes or no i will go first i'll say that the t te- they probably are a playoff team but at most a wild card team but i will go as far to say this i don't think this team is going to win with this core I think they had something great after the 2017 season. All they had to do was make a few tweaks, if anything. But they decided to make a huge drastic measure, bring in, make that blockbuster trade for John Carlos Stanton, when in reality they didn't need him. And that pretty much changed the dynamic of they the team. They did a favor. 
Say it again, Dan. They did Derek Jeter a favor. That's why we got Giancarlo Stanton. Basically. But yeah, they didn't need to do that trade. And I think they've been suffering ever since for it. But yeah. Playoff team, at most wild card. I don't see them winning the division. I just think the Rays, they play small ball. They're much better managed. And like I said, I don't think the Yankees will win with this core because they had something great and just decided to mess it up for, you know, the long ball. Well, one of your highest paid players strikes out 35% of his at-bats this season. And one of your guys retires because, you know, you know, sad to see Jay Bruce go. I was rooting for him to have a comeback year. Sad to see him go. He was a great locker room uh, influence. He was a good person. He had a great career. Good luck to him. I was actually there at the game when he had his first home run as I met against the Yankees. Um, I remember seeing you on TV when you put the picture. Yes, I it was a fun. It was a fun and cute little two years he was with the Phillies. That was fun. Yeah, so you know what? Like he had a good career. Maybe it wasn't like you know, like Nolan Ryan or like um, Albert Pujols or anyone like that. But he had a good major league baseball career, and we wish him best of luck in retirement. But, you know, having said that, batting 118 with 13 strikeouts and 34 at-bats did not help his case at all. And you know what? Like, going back to Carl Stanton, it's funny because I there are seven players on the Yankees right now. This is after as of Sunday's loss. Seven players on the Yankees batting 196 or lower, okay? The team batting average is 210, okay? And those players are batting under 200. Batting the 200 include Gleyber Torres, Giancarlo Stanton, and Aaron Hicks. Like, that, that's mind-boggling. Yeah, this team doesn't know and, how to hit for contact. Oh, looks, looks like, like we're uh, we got Steve Walters joining us very soon. Oh, hold on, let's see if he can get him in here. Oh, here we go. Here. Hey. There he is. There he is. You just jumped into the... Yeah, you just jumped into our first coin toss. We're talking about the Yankees, whether or not they're a playoff team. I just told Dan... I think at most they're a wild card team, but I will go as far as to say they will not win a championship with this core. Now, another hmm. thing to know is that you mentioned that they were they are going to make the wild card. Well, turns out history might be on their side. I mean, in a good and bad way, because the last time the Yankees did start the season five and ten was in 1997. After they win the '96 World Series, they start the season five and ten. They ended up winning 96 games that year, making the wild card. But losing to the eventual AL champion Cleveland Indians. Yeah, and well, speaking of the Indians, uh, Brian Cashman tried. You know, he did have a press conference to try to like quell quell things down, be like, "Hey, everything's okay." But if, in reality, it's basically like that dog, that meme with the dog in the room on fire. This is fine. Yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. I will say because uh, I like to be more laid back. Thing. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit more laid back, especially when it comes to baseball, because it is a very long season. How many games have we played? Like, I'm going to wait until at least a month, a month and a half in to make some hot takes. But uh, I am a little confused at how bad the Yankees look. Like, like all around. They can't hit in, in situations like they one bit runners are on score. Runners in scoring position. Uh, pitching is getting getting shelled here and there. They can't hold leads. Like, I, mean, I don't know how. And, and yeah, seven batters, you said? Seven batters under 196 or yeah, batting under 200? I, I, that's I, fucking no contact. bad. No contact. That's insane. I can't believe I'm writing this information down. I mean, this is probably one of the most expensive payrolls. And, and you know what? John Carlos Stanton, like, everyone was so like, 
hot on him hitting like these huge dingers, but then you start realizing the guy just swings forward dingers and that's it. Like I feel like yeah. when I watch him at bat, he swings so hard and I get it. Like, but he misses a lot. It's it's honestly Bryce Harper does it a little bit sometimes, but John Carlos Stanton is like he's like boom or bust every time at the plate. And I, I don't know, Aaron Judge kind of feels that way too, but not as he, but no, you know that's he, when he's on the field. Not nearly as bad. Hits. The Yankees yeah. can't hit for singles and doubles. They swing for the fences, and that's their problem. You have two. Hey, you know hit. You know who does hit for singles and doubles? The Tampa Bay Rays. Exactly, yeah. Tampa Bay Rays. And Tampa they, Bay Rays, I think, are going to take over the AL East. Ooh, do I hear a beautiful small ball versus slugger brew? Uh, yeah. Going? Yeah. <laughs> this is right in my wheelhouse. I will play for this small ball game all day long. In fact, I, I totally agree. You need base yeah, hits. Absolutely. What did Billy Bean say? You got to get on base. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people said that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, meanwhile, the Yankees have this gigantic payroll, while the Rays are worth like two bags of potato chips. Now, here's some (laughs) other interesting stats like to point out. So, John Carlston, he leads the team in strikeouts, 176 batting average, and as of Sunday, leads the team in RBIs with 12. Okay? Um, What? Yeah. (laughs) He leads the team in RBIs, but that's under 200 and struck out 35% of the time this season so far. And here's another thing, because, you know, we talk about, you look at the numbers and you think, oh, my goodness, it's the pitching. The pitching with the Yankees is, is god-awful. It's terrible. You know, Garrett Cole, and that's it. But in reality, the pitching is top 10 in multiple categories. I yeah, mean, I know. They're just doing bad right now, and I don't get it. They were ninth in ERA, second in strikeouts. 10th in opposing batting average, 8th in walks to his breathing pitch. But the reason why they lose all these great scores is because they have the 28th ranked defense. They've committed 12 errors this season. Okay? 12 errors. And that puts them 5th in the league. And they have the 20, and they're 28th in the league in fielding percentage. So of the 64 runs they've allowed this season so far up to Sunday's game, 54 were earned, 10 were unearned. <laughs> Wow. Dude, I but love that you're gonna. Oh wait, you're not. Are you in a Yankees jersey? Are you in a Yankees uniform? Actually, I am wearing a Trenton Thunder jersey. Oh, so close enough. It's yeah. just funny. You're just like pulling out the stats on them, like immediately, just like telling the team how bad they're doing right now. But love you know, it. It's baffling because this is a team with a very high payroll. You have power hitters, and people want you through the gate to dominate the AL East, and you're not. You're 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 five games out, like four or five games out of first. You're playing poor. You have so many plays that can't make contact with the bat, but we can't even get a single out of them. Yeah. Hey, what are the Orioles fans? doing? The Orioles, um, they've actually lost seven of the last ten. They're, you know, they're a little bit ahead of the Yankees. What? They actually showed some great promise, but um, they've lost seven to ten. So they're going back to, you know, they're they're going back to normal now. You know, they were on this little bit of a high beginning of the year. They lost seven to ten. They're going back to the Orioles that we all know, a team that's probably going to lose 120 games again this year. With with uh, some potential to do great things moving forward in years to come, but right now I think the Orioles are going to um, get back to reality, and I think the only saving grace right now is to get back into get back into the uh, AL East right now is that the Orioles are going to get back to reality and it's Toronto Blue Jays being Toronto Blue Jays. Um, yes, yeah, right well, now they're, well, they're in the Marlins right now. So what was that? Yeah, Bryce Harper with a little infield single. So. Nice. With a and I can sum up single problems with one word with the Yankees. They are soft. 
The, the team they're, is soft. And, and it's just that you have all these names, you get all this money, and still they're soft. And you know how I know that is Aaron Boone finally stepped up and ripped into the team, and the next day they laid a stinker. Late in the last Friday night, the following Saturday, they stunk. Total blow. So, oh, it was, it was come on, man. They're soft. They're soft. Yeah. It's an embarrassment to the game. And you, honestly, you're sitting here embarrassed. The Phillies just snapped an 11-game hitless streak from their starting center fielder, or any center fielder. 11 Yo, straight games. Yeah. Oh, Terrible my God. Goal. Are you kidding me? I don't think – I think the Phillies are a good team, but right now this center field position is – and I had hope for McMonia. I really did, and it's just – Well, he's the one oh, that just dude, every, streak, thankfully. Every, every, everybody – I know, but I mean, he's still not looking good. He's still not looking good at the play. And it's, I mean, like as long as he's not striking out like Roman Quinn is all the time. But I, I, I that's a hole for the Phillies right now. Uh, should we go to the next coin toss yeah. topic? Yeah, I was gonna say next coin toss. We go good, from good segue. Yeah, yeah, go from the Yankees to the Phillies. Aaron Nola is he an ace? Yes or no? Brick, do you want to start? Yeah. yeah. Why, why is this even a question? It. it if you, how do you say no? I actually want to know. I'm assuming it's Dan. How can you say no? No, 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 no Steve. I put that up there because I wanted to talk about this. I put this on there because I wanted to talk about this. So I genuinely want to know. know since if you don't in, know that Aaron Nola is it, for people that don't know Aaron Nola well enough, I've been watching this terrible. They were terrible when he joined the team. He has been the only bright spot. For like half a decade. The only one. And if you didn't know it, that 10 strikeout, full, complete shutout, that should have been enough for you to realize, okay, this guy is for real. It, it doesn't It doesn't help that there's a lot of games. I feel like he has good games. And then at the end, at like the seventh or eighth inning, he gives up like a backbreaking home run or like a, uh, you know, just like a two run shot to tie it up to Pablo Sandoval that you don't even know is on the Atlanta Braves to start the season. Like, yeah, that's that's cool. That just happens. But if you watch him pitch, his his two seam fastball is beautiful. The thing moves so much. All of his stuff is dirty. I don't like if, if, if there's no one saying if people aren't are saying he's not an ace, they're absolutely insane. I don't care what anyone says anymore. Or you can't not ask. Watch him pitch. He's awesome. Then that was my question. Who has ever said that Aaron Nola is not an ace? Like since the day like- he came into the league, I mean, he was drafted high and then he started high. He's literally been the best pitcher the Phillies have had since they lost Cole Hamels. And then yeah, all the other aces. yeah, he's filthy. So who is honestly, who has ever said that he's not an ace? Maybe because his name, I don't know, does his name come up often in conversations about this? Or he could be a pretty underrated player if, you know, his he, name he sits off. He sits around the Cy Young talks, but he, he then just, like, drifts away at some point because the Phillies sometimes don't back him up. It's not as bad as the, the Grom situation, but, you know, that's what he had a bad on. COVID season. And then yeah. the year before that, he was in the top five in the Cy Young voting. Was it 2019 or 2018? Could have been honestly. I don't even know anymore. The whole. But that's season. what I'm saying. He's like he just kind of he just kind of like drifts off into you know out of the talks, and it's like, dude, like this guy needs. I just want him to be consistent all the way through, and I want a Cy Young com- campaign from him because he's so fucking good, and his pitches are so dirty. Like, I don't know. I, I after that game the other day, I was excited. And I was just like, hey, can we talk about how Aaron Ola is an ace, real quick, please? I mean, I unfortunately don't get Philly sports games out here, so I can't tell you that. But speaking of base, let's go 
Speaking of baseball, I mean, I guess you could kind of segue into our next topic. And, Steve, speaking of the Yankees being soft, which league is softer? The MLB or the NBA? Honestly, I, I, I can't decide because both have such bad qualities coming out in recent years. For the NBA, there's just this plague of players. Once you hit a certain star power, you can't play a full season or you have to have your minutes managed. Like load management is a term that I've never heard before until the last four or five years. Load management. So I, I just can't say – you got Kyrie Irving that literally plays when he feels like it. You have that level of – eh. when the players have that much control, I don't know how you could coach them. So you have a soft league on that side. And then you look at the MLB where what, the number 100, if a pitcher hits 100, his arm is going to fall off the next time he throws a ball. Like just that mentality of we can't overextend players – when you mentioned the Aaron Nola complete game, Zach, yes, that's something that you don't see anymore because yeah. pitchers can't throw past 100 pitches or they can't go past the eighth inning. So, yeah, I don't know which one the league is softer. You know, what do you guys think? I mean, I think I think it's the NBA. I mean, considering, like, the way the rules are now, you make slight contact with a guy, it's a foul. If you, you're an NBA team and you don't score 100 points that game, you must have – really shit the bed offensively. <laughs> Unless the Sixers are playing bully ball like they have been in the recent years. They've been like one of the tougher teams, and it's not even trying to be biased. Like Embiid and Simmons are locked down on defense sometimes. And uh, But, yeah, I do feel the it. NBA. Uh -huh. I, I, I do think the NBA is a little bit – So I don't think either league is like soft. I, I, I don't like saying that. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, like the NBA with guys just being like – literally colluding with each other to create super teams. And then you just know how to play – you know who's yeah. going to be in the playoffs. And then you just pray that the team that isn't supposed to lose that series loses, uh, wins the series. Or wait, did I say that right? I did not say that right. You know what? I mean. Again, we want the you want the you want the underdog to win, but like it probably won't happen. And last year, I was rooting for the Heat so hard, but I was like, "You're not going to beat LeBron James and the Lakers in the." And yeah, and Zach, I think you cut out again. Yeah, Zach, you you lagged for like a good five seconds. Can you go again. I basically think the Lakers championship was kind of generated, like. By just by by LeBron's sheer willpower to like make a team that's going to win a championship no matter what. The super teams have ruined the NBA for me. Yeah, people people will probably yeah. you know I I know a, good, a handful of people were saying that that championship was rigged considering you know the whole Kobe death and whatnot. I I wouldn't even say rigged, but it, I mean like it 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 just you felt like it was gonna happen. Like that's why the Sixers like people should really enjoy the Sixers because Embiid is fun to watch. Simmons That's just does process. his job really well. And to Tobias Harris with like Doc Rivers coaching, it makes he's just really good. He's so bad when Brett Brown was coaching. Like it doesn't make sense that when Doc Rivers comes in, all of a sudden he's shooting like 20 points per game. And some games like when Embiid and Simmons are out, because they do have health issues sometimes, and he just goes off and that's why the Sixers are good. They're not like a super team, but they're really damn good as long as those guys are on the court. Like I'm not yeah. built up to sports fan, but I'd like to see the Sixers go all the way this year. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be because, I, I, I don't even I don't even know if that's gonna happen, but I mean I, I would like to I would love to see it because they've been so close for so long. 
<laughs> basketball, I'm a torn basketball fan because I, I did like the Knicks, I did like the Nets. Uh, I'm just, I like both, but both really just, I mean, the Nets, yes, they got, um, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, um, Blake Griffin. They, uh, uh, super team. <laughs> they got a super team. But it's just like I'm tired of the super team formula because if that's the case, it's boring. Why have all these other teams play? Why have the season? Bucks, I like to see Milwaukee Bucks do well too because they were a team that were no name team and Giannis is doing unbelievable over there, reviving basketball in that city. I mean, mm. it's just, you know, I remember like growing up and like watching the NBA. That was a good time, like the early 2000s, like, you know, the 04 Detroit Pistons. Um, Ben Wallace. Speaking, uh, speaking of the Dustin Pistons. Yo, speaking of the Pistons. Of his prime, Carmelo Anthony when he was with the Denver Nuggets. Um, you know, like Jason Kidd, Richard Jefferson, Kenya Mar on the Nets. You know, that was like they weren't a certain team, but they were a good team. Like, I, I, I miss those days. And now it's just, it's all about the money. It's all about the super team. You know, it's not about how LeBron plays. It's, oh, LeBron now owns the Boston Red Sox. Partial ownership. <laughs> speaking of the Pistons, going back to like today's NBA. I don't think you'd be able to see, like, the bad boy Pistons of, like, the mid-80s to early 90s, you know. I don't think that team would be a thing in today's climate. And I love that team simply <laughs> because they were bad guys. And they, and they just owned it. But anyway, speaking of the NBA, NBA let's, that should be a good segue into our final coin toss topic. This one submitted by Dylan Feldman. Will the Knicks win a playoff series? Yes or no? No. I I think ultimately this decide this depends on the matchup because I do not see them necessarily beating the Sixers or the Nets. Yeah, I think they're a good team. They surprised a lot of people. Julius Randle really came into is you know outplaying his contract. I think a lot of people would say. Tom, killing it lately. Yeah, Tom Thibodeau really changed the culture there. I guess Dolan kind of realized my hands off approach works for the right doing good things for the Rangers. I got. Maybe I should do that for the Knicks. And the Knicks are doing things now. So, yeah, I don't think this is, what, this is the year. They're about 500 after so many games. Yeah, this, I think this is the year for the Knicks to go to the playoffs, get their asses kicked. But you know what? They're putting themselves on the map. But as far as this year goes, if they go up against a super team first round, they're not winning at all. Well, another thing, uh, another thing is that a lot of teams ahead of them, yes, there are a couple of super teams ahead of them, but there are a lot of team, just made teams that have playoff experience. And I could see the Knicks maybe winning one game in, in the first round of the series. Um, I could see them falling into the playing round. I'm not going to lie. But you know what? Like you said, it's they, they, they're, they're not ready to compete yet at the playoffs. They can make the playoffs. Sounds like they will be making the playoffs, but now that everything's um, structured this season. But they're going to be one and out. They may win one of the games, say the first playoff winning in God knows how long. And... But next year, they know, like, hey, you know, we we, we know what we have to do now. We, we're in a good, better direction, and let's keep going at it. Like, let's let's just keep going. Exactly. This is the year. This is the year for them to, to be. Go to a Knicks game to go to a Knicks game and see the Knicks. See the Knicks do well, not like see like, oh, what celebrities here, or oh, I want to see I. I'm only here because LeBron's playing. I'm only here because I mean I remember a long time like it got to play when the Knicks were so bad. Yeah, but everyone does that. You always want to see the best players. Because that's why the NBA has been lately. Parker. Well, yeah, but that's but that's what's gonna happen. 
But yeah, I think this is the year for the Knicks to, you know, go to the playoffs, get their ass handed to them a little bit, and then, but at the same time, put themselves on the map. Just let the other teams know, hey, we're coming. We're not ready yet, but, you know, we're coming. I mean, they were so bad for so long. Play close games. Like, if they get blown it, like, get a playoffs and lose every game by 20 or 30 points, and maybe, uh, you know what, it's uh, it was too good to be true. We're going to see the same old Knicks of old next season. But if they can, like, because most likely they're going to make the playoffs and they're going to lose the series. But if every game is like they lose by 10 or they lose by six or you make it close or they give or make like a, they're down by 20, they came back and, you know, lost by six, but like make a good run. Then then you could say, you know what? These Knicks are going to be these, these New York Knicks are going to be very dangerous next year. Yeah. They're going to turn more heads than they did this year. And I am hoping that for the Knicks. I am hoping that they're Me not going to play a series this year, but next year, they're gonna surprise a lot of people. Yeah, it's like when the, it's like pre pre bad boy Pistons. You know, this was before they were. You know, they the Pistons played their first, I think, their first playoff series with Isaiah Thomas. They lost in the first round to the Knicks, but you know they ended up forcing it to be a, to a deciding game, and you know what they lost, but you know what they sent the message, hey, we're coming, so. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Dylan Feldman, for the suggestion. If anyone else wants to come up with a suggestion for the coin toss, you could tweet to us on Instagram, or you could give us a suggestion on Instagram whenever we do ask a question. But yeah, any suggestions are greatly appreciated. All right, guys. Uh, I had, uh, just one thing I wanted to add to that last point, and it's just, isn't this fun? Knicks win six games, and all of a sudden we're talking about maybe the playoffs. It's the whole thing of... Sometimes the underdog teams, it's, you want to root for them. And it's weird exactly. calling the Knicks an underdog when they have Kevin Durant, but they're a garbage they team. Kevin Durant. And, um, I'm sorry, the Nets. The, the sorry. Nets. The Nets. <laughs> yeah, I can't even get my New York basketball straight. Yeah, no, the Knicks, they have nobody. <laughs> well, they have a – who did they just get from Duke? Barrett? Uh, yeah, R.J. Barrett, and they yeah. drafted Obi Toppin from yeah. – I forget. So I want to say the Knicks. The, the Knicks you, have you, nobody. Yeah, you literally thought of the Nets. That's how. Yeah. That's how. Like, but yeah, Ju- how irrelevant. Julius this is fun. Yeah, Jul- Julius Randle's been killing it lately. Like, unbelievable, putting up like thirty, a lot. It, 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 it's good for them. They're not going to win a playoff. I, game, yeah, but hey, good on them. Yeah, I, I think they'll uh, win a playoff game, not a series, though. Definitely not a series. I, I ne- think if they meet like Boston or the Sixers or the Nets, I think any of and and we're they're in the same division as us. I mean. It's just, I, yep. Any NBA Finals predictions? First round, Knicks versus Nets, and then any, Knicks upset the Super Team Nets. I'd be so happy. But anyway, any NBA Finals predictions? Not at all. Sixers are going to be in it though, and Dan even said he wants that to happen. So it's going to happen. Embiid's going to go off. I hope. I hope everyone stays healthy. Just fingers crossed, man. Let's just get this. Let's get past the second round. And, and there's no Kawhi Leonard to hit some miracle three-pointer. There's no Brett Brown coaching. There's no there's no pandemic. Well, are they going to go into a bubble this year? Which, honestly, it worked really well during that. Uh, n- n- let's get past the second round, and we're going to the finals. And, I mean, I'm sure LeBron James and the Lakers will be there again because yeah. once LeBron James gets back on the court, they'll start winning games. Way, well, like, like, easier. Well, I know, like in the NHL, for example, um, with the All Canadian Division, I've you know been reading uh, some articles, been doing some discussion. They're going to tell like after uh, whoever went, whoever comes out of the Canadian Division in that playoff series, 
in that playoff uh, set, um, they're going to be told, like, listen, regardless of what happens, you're going to play in America. I mean, right now, um, you know, bubbles most, you know, bubbles most likely for um, the NHL, but like the NBA, you know, like you know, Toronto Raptors. I feel bad for the, I feel bad for the Raptors because they can't play in their home venue. I understand we're in the middle of a COVID pandemic. I understand that right now, their government recently uh, um, put put, uh, put this whole legislation in order. Um, apparently, under Section 22 of the Health Protection and Promotion Act, <laughs> uh, which was discussed today, reported by CBC Canada, uh, apparently health officials have now the right to shut down a business at their discretion and their authority if more if more than five people contract COVID or contract COVID from said business within a two week span. And they're also going and a couple of doctors um, that are part of that team uh, also recommending that the peak team, the player that sorry, the, um, the employees who are impacted by this, that the business owners compensate them for the time lost from working. So uh, yeah, right dude, now, that sounds like bullshit. Serious in that- Canada. I know things get a little serious now in Canada, especially with the variant. We saw what happened to the Vancouver Canucks. I'm sorry to segue from the NAPA back to hockey. Um, you know, the, the team, you know, 17 players placed on COVID protocols. Uh, a couple people, you know, varying degrees of how they're handling COVID. Um, you know, good to see them back playing on the ice. Hopefully, yes. Canada does what they feel is best for their citizens. That's your demo. Get healthy. I need you for the playoffs. Canada, the Raptors back in Canada, Boston, Montreal playoff series, Toronto, Boston uh, games. Um, Especially when uh, the Seattle Kraken become an expansion team to see that Cascadia region right between Vancouver and Seattle. Um, you know, it's, uh, you, you know, you, you hope for the best for everyone. All right, I'll bite, Dan. I'll take you up. I say we keep the Canadian teams. At this point, Canada doesn't deserve any of them. If they're going to play that, screw them. Let's keep them. Let's, let's, well, let's, you know what, let's put them somewhere else here. We, we, we've got plenty of space. We could find room for, what, they got like five or six teams? Come on, let's the, keep them. Let's the Oklahoma them. City Maple Hold on. No, 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 no. No, seriously. What is Canada going to do? What's what's Canada going to do? Are they going to come and take them? Yeah, let's see that happen. All right, Canada, come get your teams back. That's cute. You know what, that's the let's Oklahoma City them. Maple Leafs. You want a coin flip suggestion? I got a coin flip suggestion for you. Let's go to baseball. Toronto Blue Jays, are they ever going to be playing in Canada this year? Yes or no? No. Not That's a no from what you just said. Yeah, everything you just said Absolutely. explained why we should keep the Toronto Blue Jays and just make them the Buffalo Blue Jays. Wait, that kind of rolls off the tongue. Buffalo Blue Jays. Look at look, guys. Someone like should I just throw? Should I throw like we got to start this? We're gonna make a startup company and we're gonna start the the Buffalo Blue Jays. Wait, is that gonna be our new minor league team name? We're just gonna rise through the ranks. Here's a fun fact about Buffalo. Salen Field, where the Buffalo Bison Triple A team plays, which is now going to be the new home for the Toronto Blue Jays the rest of the year. They did start the season in Dene, Florida. It's going to be too hot to play in Florida. They're moving to Buffalo, and their Triple A team is going to be displayed. Hold on. Guess where they're playing? Trenton. Did you play? It's too hot. After Triple A, after the Trent Thunder it's was too hot. Out of the recent in Florida, in Florida, Steve. It's too hot to play baseball in Florida. Can you say that again for like the Dominican leagues? It's too uh, hot to play in Florida. Oh, yeah, dude. What kind? Okay, you know what? I think. For these players, that's what they're saying. I that's think we've solved the debate. MLB. Yeah, MLB is the softest. MLB is the softest. Are you kidding me? <laughs> MLB is the softest league. Too yeah. hot in Florida? Yeah, uh, dude, apparently that's what they're reading. That's embarrassing. 
That is embarrassing. It's a hot climate. I mean, if you look like, for example, like if you look at the rookie leagues, the Gulf Coast leagues, a lot of their games are played at 10 in the morning or late at night because of the humidity. Of the humidity. So I get it. But at the same time, though, yeah. look at what's doing. You're going to Buffalo. So we've that's trained our leagues to be soft. At the lowest levels, we've told them we can't play in the heat. That's, under, can't. That's, that's pretty much pissed at minor league baseball and major league baseball Rob Manfred for kicking out their beloved Trenton Thunder to Somerset and allow for some makeshift collegiate summer league to take its place. And now you're the Triple H, and now they got Triple H back. It's a whole crazy thing. But I'm telling you right now, and another thing that people don't forget is that the reason why I say a Buffalo Blue Jays is going to become reality is because they're looking to tear down the Rogers Center. In November 2020, a few months ago, the Rogers Center is pulling out a page from the Boston Red Sox play, playbook, and they're going to tear Apparently, the rumor is they were going to renovate Rogers Center, but instead, nope, they're going to tear it down. They're going to build a new stadium in its place as part of massive redevelopment. So in reality, Rogers Center is on its last leg. Literally, it's going to go soon. But how can you have redevelopment and hope for a baseball team to play there if no team is going to play there? That's some in-depth shit there, and that's Dan. The thing. I want the Blue Jays in Toronto. It's cool, you yeah. know. Let's get the Buffalo Blue Jays. Jays. Let's get the Buffalo Blue Jays. Uber to get baseball team. Like you know, like I want to see expansion into Canada because it is a great market. There are good fan baseball fans out there. I want the Expos back. But yeah, but if you're gonna concerned. get folded because five oh, people yes. get COVID, We're then fuck like, them. Oh, you know, in Canada, you know, it's it's so bad. They're gonna eventually play in the United States. People are like, oh, you're crazy, but this could be a reality. They're already saying they want to tear it down. And that's a good thing. More, so more baseball for America. It's our fucking pastime. <laughs> oh, and like I said, Sally Field, though it's though it's eighteen thousand seats, it was initially built to attract a major league baseball team in the early nineties. Could this be something they're making? I don't know. Hopefully, I would like to see Toronto Blue Jays back in Toronto. To, you know, the, the Canadian baseball fans deserve to have their baseball team back. And like I said, I want to see the Expos, and I would like to see a team potentially go to Vancouver in expansion, but. It could be a possibility that we may not have a Canadian representation in Major League Baseball in the next coming years. And, you know, you know, with fortunately with everything going on, you know, it's whether or not you agree or disagree with how Canada's handling the COVID-19 vaccine and how they protect their citizens and the new recent variants. But, you know, there could be something happening now where the Buffalo Blue Jays may become reality. It certainly seems that way. <laughs> Why don't we have any teams from Mexico? Actually, seriously, that's serious, that's serious question very here. Interesting. Well, Canada well, doesn't deserve it at this point. Fuck Baseball you, Canada. Regular season games, they've hosted um, neutral side contests in Mexico City from time to time, and there yeah. is, they, they actually had yeah. Mexico City have a major league baseball team, but the but the current stadium stadiums there in Mexico City are not up to MLB standard. So just a matter of finding the right investors to make the necessary upgrades to attract uh, major league baseball there. What would yeah, the Mexico I, I City no What would the Mexico City team be? What? What would be the Blue Jays? What would be the, the Mexico City Blue Mexico Jays? City Blue Jays. <laughs> <laughs> we just moving the Blue Jays all over the continent at this point. Oh just take God. the pin, drop it somewhere you know, else. I love it. Let's just we're the NFL. Let's put them in London. The London <laughs> That would be the biggest competitive oh, advantage you know, for the United States teams. AL West. So they have to travel 5,000 miles to play a divisional opponent every time. Jesus, is there any is there any more coin toss topics? I'm looking here. I mean, I, mean, I don't know if that necessarily was a coin toss topic, but anyway, we got a couple more subjects tonight. Let's see, how long have we been talking today tonight uh, about? Uh, the yeah, fans aren't 48, of us yet. yeah, they probably turned it off after my whole 
And a couple let's get get into a couple more. Five minutes. Jets apparently want Richard Sherman, which makes sense. He goes back with their new co with their new coach, Robert Sala. Uh I think it would be a good like veteran move to add to the team. But I I don't think he's the player he once was. He's I I think he's hey, probably a dinosaur at this point. Don't you ever talk about him. Well, <laughs> oh yeah. Dude, he's he's a sol he's solid, but uh just yeah, he's getting old, man. He gets injured now. Like that's that's what happens to football players when they get older. They get more injuries and they start slowing down. Look at Deshaun Jackson when he was on the Eagles. Look at uh, yeah, you're bringing him in to be a mentor at that point. Yeah, Richard Sherman, you just hope he comes in. And, I mean, he's still good when he's on the field. You just got to hope he stays on the field. And, I mean, Robert Sala could just start recruiting that guy to be a coach. I think we're, Richard Sherman's very smart. He's a very smart person. Yeah. And Stanford. Very, very smart football player. Uh, he he could be a coach. And, I mean, if him and Sala, like, he could be a real captain of that, that defense for the Jets. And, the Jets, I think, like, everything – I want to see how this draft goes. I want to see how this draft goes, which quarterback they take. I think it's going to be Zach Wilson. We all think it's going to be Zach Wilson, which is insane to think about, BYU quarterback. But, hey, I mean, they, they apparently love him. They're going to roll with him. He's going to start. And, uh, you know, hopefully Salah's defense is good and Wilson does good and the Jets could actually – I really think they could be competitive. And now that they're 17 games, they have more chances. I'll, I'll be happy if they go like seven and ten, or 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 maybe six and eleven. That I doesn't think sound natural to say. Seven doesn't sound natural at all. An extra game. If anything, the NFL should reduce the number of games in regular season and extend the playoff. All right. Anyway, but that's oh, I, I love anyway, to I love to hear that proposal. Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jaguars. He was married recently, and Jacksonville Jaguar fans. He's not even drafted by the Jaguars. He had Jaguars fans. Are sending him wedding gifts. I hope the Jaguars don't draft them now. Just oh my god! Fucking thing I've ever heard. Gratitude. And I'd be <laughs> screaming at the top of my lungs, "Draft them! Draft them!" <laughs> we got anyway. you at the Curie board set you always wanted. Now come play for the Jaguars. <laughs> Can you imagine if the Jaguars don't take Trevor Lawrence and the Jets are gonna pull a Minnesota Vikings staff and just laugh at them for like, oh my God, I can't believe they didn't really take. They didn't take the guy. Dan Marino when he was available. Oh God, I wasn't around for I wasn't around for that, but don't remind me. <laughs> anyway, our final subject of the night. So boys, you see A Rod's weird little shrine to Jayla. Yes, I didn't, I did. but I heard. Is it kind of like How the is it the Helga shrine on? Yo, Steve, it is. It kind of it, it, it's kind of like a cute little one. Yeah, it could be. I, I oh my CTV. god! Oh, that was beautiful. The Helga Shrine. Oh god, I got. I legitimately haven't. Out. I haven't seen it, but that's what I'm picturing in my mind. Like, A Rod just has this shrine of J Lo in his closet where he has like a piece of her hair, and he finally <laughs> got her hat to put on. <laughs> but no, it's not, it's not quite like that. But basically, it's like you know, pictures of them together with J Lo's kids. You know, with the like little heart in the sand that says Alex and. Jennifer or whatever, and you know you hear. Right now. Yeah, and you hear. Right now is all you need is Helga Pataki to assist with the shrine. I got me. <laughs> I'm making that a meme. I'm making that a meme. I'm posting it tonight before this episode airs. No one, absolutely no one. Alex Rodriguez and his Helga Pataki. 
in front of the shrine. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, you yeah. have to replace all the hay. Oh, you have to replace all I'm sorry, you have to replace all the Arnold stuff with the uh, uh JLo, uh, JLo, yeah, I gotta replace with JLo. That's so but, fucking weird. But yeah, oh my god. And they were playing, and they were playing. He was playing "Fix You" by Coldplay in the background. Stop. Are you yeah, kidding? Yeah, dude. There was candles. There was candles and shit. It was weird. It was really. Are weird. we playing like real life tweet like a high school girl? The, yeah. It, it must be. I remember was back in 2004. I was jumping for joy in sixth grade. Bragging to everyone, Yankees got A-Rod, we got A-Rod, we're going to win 100 championships in the years to come. And then, now, A-Rod's presence on the Yankees has sat in me, knowing now that he does these things and basically almost ruined baseball completely for everyone. And just, uh, just, <sighs> why would you cheat on J-Lo? Did he cheat on J-Lo? Did he cheat on J-Lo? I, this is my first time hearing about it. I don't get involved in, like, celebrities' lives because I don't, I don't care. But when I see something that weird, I just can't help but make an opinion on it. I'm just this is my entire this was my face watching that. Yeah, that's just that, that, Yeah, that was my face watching that. This is why I hate social media too, because he could do that and just give it to her and it's a really nice, thoughtful gesture, but he clearly didn't do that. He did this to be like, Hey Guilter. world, yeah. look what I did. Like I hate I hate all you people, you're all fake. Ugh, I hate it. <laughs> Oh, geez. Everyone does that kind of thing. Like, you're fake. Just do it. Send it to that person. He's doing that for J-Lo, but if he's posting it, he's not doing it for J-Lo. Yeah, yeah, he's doing that for clout. But, yeah. Clout. <laughs> anyway, clout. I think but, we uh, had a pretty good episode tonight here, boys. Oh, we, talked, we covered a lot. And another crazy about A-Rod before we go is, <laughs> you know, in addition to sports, he doesn't buy the, the New York Mets, but it goes becomes part of the Minnesota Timberwolves. We don't, we don't know. You're... We don't know, man. A Rod, A Rod is clearly just weird. He's, in he's not, a good, not a good commentator either. He's not a good commentator either. Oh, he's terrible on ESPN. I'm sorry, but geez, Awful. he he adds nothing to the broadcast. He's worse than Joe Buck. Oh God, don't Game seven, a must win for both teams. Yeah. Jeez. Freaking Booger, oh, Mc, uh, Booger McFarlane level. I would take Booger over A-Rod any day. I probably would, like, too. At least Booger is, like, stupid funny. <laughs> like, some of the stuff he says is just so dumb. Like, all right, it's kind of funny. Like Tommy Wiseau from The Room funny? Oh, my God. You're tearing me you... apart, A-Rod. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> if we get into that, we're never going to leave. But anyway... If you've made it this far, thank you very much for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to like and leave and subscribe. If, be sure to subscribe to us on all our platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whichever you follow. And be sure to follow us on all our social media platforms. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Funs Podcast and on Facebook at Fat Unathletic Nerds Talking Sports. This is Lonnie alongside Man Darley, Brick Walters, and Zach Daniels. Have a wonderful night, everyone. See you. Have a good night, America. Have a good night. Bye! Have a good night, world. <laughs>